Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 138. Week 138, volume 138, number fucking 138. Hang on, guys. How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Christoph of Breakdown of Sanity, and that will be coming up later in the show. Want to kick things off with a bit of feedback, a bit of questions, a bit of what's been going on? Not a lot, but I have to give a big shout out to Greg from England who got in touch and is a big follower and lover of the show, and he loved last week's show, and as he said to me, he loves the fact that, you know, the Mosh Zone, we not only give you guests you know, but we give you guests that you can discover. So shout out to you, Greg. Thank you for all your love and support. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. But enough of that. Let's get into the main part of the show. This week, I got to sit down with Christoph of Breakdown of Sanity. First thing I got to say, thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. So who are Breakdown of Sanity if you are unaware? Well, they are from Switzerland. That's the first thing you need to know. They formed around 2007. Christoph joined about 2008. The band has four albums to their name. They split in 2017, but have recently returned. And they're returning not to tour, but they're just returning with music. Now, style-wise, it's just fucking heavy. It's crushing As the name says, there is plenty of breakdowns, big riffs, massive guitar work. I fucking love this band. If anyone knows me personally, you know that I've always loved this band since around 2008, 2009, and I can't get enough. So to say I'm a fan is an understatement. To say I'm excited they're back with music is an understatement. To get Christoph on the show made me a big, big excited boy. And glad I was able to secure it. Great conversation, in-depth, valuable, exciting, relaxed. I loved every minute. I hope you enjoy it too. That chat with Christoph is coming up now. So everyone gets the same start-off question, and it's basically the same. So do you remember a musician that opened music in existence for you as a as a kid so not a heavy band but do you remember being a young age and being obsessed with a pop pop artist or a rock artist or something at a young age um yeah well yeah i guess um music was all around in our house somehow it's not like uh, my parents were really into bands or or something like this but um i remember my to hear a lot, um, to listen a lot to uh, my dad's music collection. And he is a big fan of, you know, Rolling Stones, Queen, and uh, a lot of blues music. And that's, I guess, how I got into music. I remember his um, vinyl uh, long plays. Um, I played really loud in our house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was basically, I guess, blues music that got me into music. Ooh. So, um, you know, B.B. King, Clapton and all the John Lee Hooker and all the um, main guys, I guess. But also um, I remember the cover of, um, what was it, Dire Straits, I guess, Brothers in Arms. Mm. 
um, that long play. And um, yeah, I, there was this steel guitar um, on the cover. And I was always looking at this and thought this is so cool. And um, also, you know, um, distorted guitar somehow, even though I couldn't tell that it's that what I like. But um, after, you know, all these years, I remember that it was distorted guitars that really got me into music. So obviously, um, so obviously, as you're saying, your, your dad is, you know, into music and music is a big part of the household. But was there anyone in your family that played an instrument? Like, did you have someone else like a cousin or an uncle that was playing an instrument? Yeah, definitely. That was also my father in the first place because um, he played the drums. Ooh. Um, I mean, still plays the drums. And um, so there was always standing a drum around. And I guess even before I could walk, I was sitting behind the drums. And also my mother, um, my mother um, used to play piano. So there was also piano in the house. And I guess I just hammer on the, 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 the keys and without any idea what I did. But I guess that was the, the, um, how I got into music. So it was mainly the drum. And I also started as a drummer um hmm. basically so yeah that was my way into music so you started on drums is that an influence from your dad making you kind of sit behind the kit or is that something you naturally wanted to do yourself um i guess both mainly it's because of my dad's influence i mean yeah the drum was around and um he taught me stuff and also later on, I got lessons uh, by a drum teacher, and yeah, it, it was really fun for me just to hammer on, you know, uh, something. And but I really liked, it and and I guess somehow I had some uh, a little bit of talent in it. Um, that's why they support me to do it, to do that. But um, yeah, though it was basically my dad, and also my mother who taught me a few songs of the easier classic songs on the piano. Um, yeah, I couldn't read notes, so she was sitting beside me, read the notes, played on the piano, and so I tried to replay it. And I guess that's yeah, as much as I can remember. Yeah. So why why the switch? You know, from drums to guitar. I mean, was there a moment? Do you remember a moment of why you picked up a guitar, or was it just by chance that you started playing guitar? Um. Yeah. Also, I guess it's somehow both. Um, I remember, um, yeah, when I was in like fifth or sixth grade in school, like regular school, um, I still had lessons in drum and um, yeah, I didn't um, practice a lot at home. The stuff he gave me, you know, I kind of was lazy and kind of lost the interest in drums somehow. And um, my drum teacher back then, he did the right Thing and sat behind the keyboard with me and looked at some basic, you know, uh, music theory um, on the key, like like major and minor and and like really basic stuff. But I guess that somehow got me into more than just uh, you know the drum. And I guess somehow I was always into guitars, mm-hmm. even though I never really imagined to play guitar. But but I like the sound, I like the solos and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, when I was, or when I came into seventh grade, um, there, there was the start of the school bands, you know, organized from schools. 
And everyone knew that I played the drums and they all wanted me to play drums. And I was like, man, I'd rather play like, you know, bass or guitar, even though I had no idea about these instruments. And so they already had a bass player and also a guitar player. And they just gave me another guitar and they started to, you know, play the same stuff the bass did, like basically on one string, <laughs> like just follow, <laughs> you know, uh, four notes uh, um, per song on, on the guitar. And that really got me into, you know, playing guitar and also the, the guitar teacher or the band's school band teacher uh, was a friend of my dad's and they used to play together in a band mm. and he was a guitar player and so I guess he got me into guitar playing and then I started to learn like basic chords and then he taught me you know the power chords with two fingers for distortion I was like yeah that's so cool <laughs> fuck the chords I just want to play <laughs> play uh, um, power chords and um, yeah and I also asked him all the time when can I switch on the distortion you know yeah I, I like it <laughs> yeah I guess that's how I got into guitar yeah well, what about musical you know discovery and your musical taste you know you're starting out you know, kind of heavily influenced by your dad's music collection. But mm -hmm. where do you go from there? Like, how do you end up getting into aggressive, loud, obnoxious, heavy music? Like, what's your progression? <laughs> um, oh, well, that's, I guess, somehow the classical path from, you know, blues music I still enjoy. And um, that was also, uh, as, as a gift, I received a, a, a blues learn minor scale uh, guitar book with some simple blues licks and that's how I started playing to play the guitar at home and then I guess it was um, you know the I discovered that um, like Alvin Lee or guitarists like this used heavy distortion and Van Halen and stuff and Somehow I got into, you know, Guns N' Roses and ACDC and then Metallica. And uh, for a long time, I was really obsessed with Metallica. And they were basically my guitar teachers <laughs> since I never, <laughs> yeah, I never had guitar lessons because, I don't know, I just wanted to see how far I can get. And so I just put in Metallica records and started to play along to it. Um, I don't want to imagine how bad it was sounding, but <laughs> I somehow enjoyed it. And also, you know, Bon Jovi and um, stuff like this. And then I guess it was the bandmates of my first band, um, which started also in seventh grade, who came up to me with new kind of music, um, like, you know, Silverchair, Nirvana. Yeah, new, new, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> to me, new, I mean... I grew up on the countryside and really, like, really, really on the countryside. So I, I didn't have access to a lot of music except for my dad's stuff. And so these friends, like, taught me a lot of other bands. And I guess, yeah, it, it, it evolved from that, like, Metallica and starting getting heavier, you know, In Flames, Children of Bottom and all this stuff. And then I guess the 
the breaking point to really aggressive stuff was when a friend of mine gave me uh, this record from Slipknot. It was Iowa. Mm -hmm. And this record changed my life, I guess. This was, it was so aggressive, so heavy. I even, um, I don't know, I just, I felt intimidated somehow to play it loud at home because it was screaming and like, I didn't know what's happening, but I somehow liked it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then, um, yeah, that record kind of brought me into heavy, heavy music. And then from that on, I could name tons of bands, but for myself, it was, it was this Slipknot record. And yeah. also, yeah, as I mentioned, Children of Bottom, In Flames, and all these guitar. Quite a few, uh, quite a few important ones there that I think a lot of listeners um, connect with. And one you mentioned was without a doubt Slipknot, but the other ones are Metallica. Like yeah. a lot of kids, it was either Metallica or Pantera or Slayer was the band that really yeah. got them in there. Um, yeah. But it's also I think it's interesting when you listen to without jumping too far forward, you listen to the music that you guys do, you can sense every kind of influence there. It's not one influence. So obviously everything you got yeah. into as a kid has paid off in the end. Definitely. And um, I guess I can speak also for the other guys in the band. I guess we have, we really have like two main bands in common with all the other guys in the band. And there was Korn mm -hmm. and it was Limp Bizkit. Mm. You know, the, the yeah, the new metal scene, I guess, we really were in new metal bands, every one of us before, or kind of crossover new metal stuff. And I mean, Korn and Limp Bizkit was kind of big influence to each one of us. So I guess um, to myself, it was Slipknot also, but um, these three bands, I guess, and I guess also three main records for my life are still from these three bands. So, so I mean, yeah. how, how new metal did you get? Were you baggy pants? Like, were you doing the big baggy pants? <laughs> like, how new metal did you oh, get? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Card, baggy pants, cargo pants, you know, <laughs> and uh, really huge XL shirts. Mm -hmm. And I had long hair. Um, you couldn't tell right now because <laughs> I'm bald. <laughs> but I used to have long hair. And yeah, I was really, really, you know, camouflage, um, baggy pants. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Adidas superstar sneakers. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. Wallet chain. I remember I did, I did it all myself as well. I did it all myself as well. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was, yeah, it really was the cool. thing. It was the thing. And, you, you know, you're into that music and part of that music was the image. So it was kind of natural. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You mentioned in there um, a couple of early bands during high school, but where were you going in high school with what you wanted to do? Were you only focused on music or were you looking at outside career prospects and music was just plan B? Uh, oh, yeah. I Since um, I grew up in Switzerland, and some people might not know, um, <laughs> Music was never even plan D or E or whatever. I mean, sure, you can um, dream about it, but it's just there's just no chance you can make it with music. So I guess it, for myself, it was never even a plan, even though it was a big dream um, since a little kid, you know, to play in front of people um, was my thing. Um, it was never even I thought about it to, uh, to you know, have it as a career. So... Um, and I guess 
for all the other members, it was the same. It, it just, you know, you, you go through school and maybe you do high school or college or whatever, and um, or you do an apprenticeship. I know um, how it's called. Yeah, um, apprenticeship in yeah. Australia. Apprenticeship, yeah. yeah. So you, you do this or that, but you just need to have a regular job. Now that that so, it's you know it, one of the things I had to ask was obviously you know in Switzerland metal lit I can't think of anyone outside of breakdown of sanity I, I really can't think of any <laughs> other band so that leads me to the question of was there a local scene for you guys um, and your early bands that you could be a part of like were there bands playing around in in your area? Um. In my area, I mean, there, there are a lot of bands that formed after school band or out of school band, but you know, you had to travel. I mean, when you're like um, 14, 15, 16 to travel a uh, hundred kilometers is pretty far for mm -hmm. us, for that small country. And, and I mean, you don't have that access to, to local scene. There is, I guess local scene around Switzerland, but that's really, really. I mean, you have to to um, dial it down always by a hundred times, or compared to America or Australia or even Germany. And it's everything is pretty small. The scene is small. There there are locations, but really small locations. And there have been a few bands that kind of made it out of Switzerland like I don't know if you know it like Cataract is kind oh, of a Cataract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more the band you can really compare to us I guess but there has been you know the old school metal Celtic Frost who was a big influence by for for I guess Metallic and all these huge mm -hmm. bands and they came from Switzerland and Cybreed and then rock bands but you know, we kind of definitely have never access to bands like this. It was just everything you you imagine to do, like play huge concert or something. That's just was a dream because it, it's coming from America. You know, uh, this this kind of stuff because um, everything was just really small and there's no support at all for this kind of music in Switzerland. I mean, like main support, not like small venues they support you and let you play um well, it's yeah, be, i guess it's it's got to be quite hard yeah. to you know I, th I think the listeners are used to people from you know big countries and it's got to be quite interesting mm -hmm. um you know talking to someone like yourself who has a band that has gone on for so long where was the motivation like what were you looking at and saying well, maybe we can make it because these guys made it. I mean, did you have anything that was a motivator to push you to give it a go? Because surely it, it yeah. must feel a bit defeating to look around and go, well, no one really gets out of this country and makes this kind of music. Yeah. Um, phew, I, phew, uh, <laughs> hard question. I guess uh, I think... I think we never really had, you know, the goal. Yeah, let's make it. Let's make it out of this country and let's be huge and stuff like this. I guess we just uh, when we started uh, with Breakdown of Sanity, I guess we just, yeah, put out music and and see who who gives a shit. 
And um, yeah, I guess that that's how we always continued. And then somehow we found out, oh, they, they somehow like it and it gets bigger and big, bigger. Let's see how far we can get. But but it was never like, you know, be a plan to do this full time or something like this, or at least until, you know, perception or coexistence, when we really had to ask ourselves, do we do it full time or not? Because, because it became somehow huge. Um, but it was never planned like this, I guess. We just enjoyed music and we enjoyed do that music. And so we just did it somehow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, but, but we also realized pretty fast um, that you have to get out of Switzerland because, mm. yeah, I mean, it was cool playing shows. We played a lot of shows in Switzerland in every small um, venue we could get. But um as soon as we did our really first tour, if we can name it like this, I guess it was 2011, uh, after Mirror's Drop, I guess. Mm. Um, we just organized it by ourselves. Like we just um, had a, a small van and drove around Europe and stayed in youth hostels and, and on the floor um, at the promoter's house and stuff like this. It was really a fun experience, but as the first show, I guess, outside of Switzerland was in Germany. And then somehow we realized, fuck, these people are going crazy here. And <laughs> it's so much different than in Switzerland. And we realized, yeah, we, we somehow have to get shows outside Switzerland because um, the scene is just way bigger. And it's kind of normal because it's, Switzerland is such a small country, sorry. No, you're fine. I mean, I mean, you, you speak of Europe and the interesting country you mentioned is Germany. I think everyone kind of just, when yeah. they think of metal in Europe, they think that. But uh, one thing about your band, um, which whether listeners know it or not, uh, you mentioned in there about organizing your tours and going about it yourself, is that the band has been a DIY band since day dot. Um, yeah. And is that something that at any stage you looked at getting some outside help, whether that was labels or something, or was it always about keeping it organic and keeping it internal? Um, I guess the main reason why we stayed uh, DIY was because we had all the somehow knowledge, if I can say this. I mean, we have we have two graphic designers in our band, so you know, artwork and all that stuff was never a question to give to give it outside. And um, Ollie, the other guitar player, um, he's the self-taught producer also, and he started, you know, with the last sunset. He just tried, and um, over uh, somehow overnight, he he spent nights and nights and nights by. Um, trying out how to mix stuff. So I guess we had that knowledge in our band too. So um, we never um, needed to have access in a studio or something like this. And we also, and he's like um, uh, mailing around and, and uh, getting in touch with promoters. And so we did that kind of ourselves too. And I, I guess it happens just um, by luck and but yeah, there there was some point when when it got bigger and bigger, we 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 thought about you know getting help, but but not like hey guys, fuck, we need help. We're like swamped. Um, we just um, when we started playing in Germany, we got in touch with you know booking agencies and um, 
um, managements and stuff. And then we thought, yeah, it, you know, it would be kind of helpful and healthy for us <laughs> to, to give something away. But somehow we, we didn't like to give it away. So um, we were always like, yeah, it has to be like we want it and not like some someone tell us that it should be. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a hard step, but we were pretty lucky that we did it because yeah, you know, we had time, more time for ourselves and, um, yeah. What about, um, you know, the band originally started, I think had been going for about a year before you joined. Um, I think about a year, um, when you come into the band, um, style wise, I mean, what was it, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned you were doing new metal bands, all of you, and then yeah. you come in and you create, you know, Breakdown of Sanity, which is, I mean, it's not, not even close to new metal. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe attitude wise. I mean, maybe there's a bit of yeah. the, the attitude and swagger. You can, you can notice that. <laughs> um, but what, what, what were you trying to achieve from the offset style wise and genre wise? Because what you guys produced is really quite, you know, different. It's out of the box. When you think you yeah. know what you're getting, you guys take a big right hand turn and tilt it on it, yeah. tilt it on its head. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, I joined the band when right when the last sunset came out. So um, this record was all written by Ollie, the other guitar player, and. Um, I remember that I, um, I guess a friend of mine told me about, you know, you have to listen to Breakdown of Sanity on MySpace <laughs> and um, they had demos, uh, demo track tracks on there. And I thought to myself, Hey, shit, this is, it sounds so American. That's what my <laughs> first thought was because, you know, th th there was nothing compared to this that I knew from small Switzerland bands. And that's why I thought, hey, and that was at that time, I guess I was really into, you know, all the Roadrunner bands like Killswitch Engage and all that stuff. And um, Oliver back then was really into Parkway Drive. Mm -hmm. Like when they started, that was, I guess, his big influence for The Last Sunset. And I guess you can hear it. And the fun thing was um, a friend of mine gave me Killing with a Smile from Parkway Drive and I was like, yeah, it's really cool because it was produced by Adam D from Killswitch Engage and I was a huge Killswitch Engage fan. And I remember listening to the band and I was like, yeah, it's so cool riffs and stuff, but I actually, I don't like the tempo changing, the time changings <laughs> in their song. And then, uh, you know, um, I started listening to Breakdown of Sanity and I was like, they have tempo changings too. And I just, I like it somehow. So yeah, for me, it was kind of weird to get into this music because um, before Breakdown of Sanity, before I joined, I wasn't that much into this music. Mm. And it really started with Breakdown of Sanity. And then after that, I got into this kind of genre. But um, yeah, in the beginning, it was it was pretty weird for me to to start is you know to have tempo changing and, and all that stuff because the stuff I did before was just uh, you know straight straight you know uh, fear my thoughts I don't know if you know mm, them that yeah. was my it's they're yeah. from Germany yeah 
and that was like my big bands, you know, fast riffs and mm. and you know this this kind of music, and then joining Breakdown Sanity with you know jugging chords and, and all that stuff. That was kind of weird to me, but I just knew that it, there's something good going on. I mm. I just I mean I can tell it by because the first record was without myself, so I can. Um, I can see obvious on that, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a change, but but it was somehow kind of a natural change because it felt natural to me to get get into this music, and I guess it would have been the logical step for me too, even if I wouldn't have joined uh, Breakdown of Sanity. I guess I would have get more into this music even without that. Well, I mean, one I mean one thing. I think everyone, when they think of the name, um, it definitely had to have breakdowns in it. I mean, the pun is just there in itself. I mean, the disappointment of turning on a breakdown of Sanity track and then not being a breakdown, just, <laughs> I mean, it, it's ridiculous. That, But I also think what's funny is that no band outside of Switzerland had thought of throwing that name, breakdown, in their band name before you guys. No one had thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I have to clear up a bit or um, something about this name because, you know, um, we always get like, you know, breakdown of scientists because they have breakdowns in it. And um, actually, when Oliver and Carlo, the vocalist, when they started this project and were thinking about names, they came up with breakdown of sanity, but they didn't even know what a breakdown is. So Ooh. it actually has no nothing about um, you know breakdowns uh, in the music. It it was just um, you know about what the name says, breakdown of sanity. It was just about the meaning of it, and not because it was uh, uh, somehow uh, um, something about the style of the music. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. So yeah, I guess um, now it for a lot of people it would make sense. Mm. But um, it wasn't like this. So <laughs> I love it. Um, it makes it even better. The, the name of the band that <laughs> yeah. makes it even better. Um, so you come in, you know, last sunset um, kind of goes through its cycle, and then mirrors um, is like your proper time in the band around this period. Um, how did that album go for you guys? Did it kind of get you a lot of attention throughout Europe? Because that one, I think fans of the band sometimes gloss over i think they forget about how good that album is like i think that album that was the one i first got the moment it got released that was my first introduction really to the band i think that's a really solid album i think it it gets forgotten because of how good perception is um yeah well i mean there's a progress uh, in all of the albums but um i also remember when after the last sunset dropped, um, we yeah kind of got in, uh, attention, you know, on MySpace, and um, maybe some people remember MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all about it. Yeah, the top yeah. the top eight friends was it top eight or top ten friends? Yeah, something like this, mm-hmm. and there was a pain in the ass to change the header <laughs> and you know the design. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, we got some attention, and then I guess. You know, there was these, there, there were these uh, websites um, where you could download illegally, you know, Russian websites where you could download all these metal bands. 
And I guess it was Oli who uploaded it by himself, The Last Sunset, um, to, you know, get more um, attention. And it kind of worked. I guess some a lot of people came from this one Russian page and they said, yeah, I saw it on, on this page and I downloaded it and some great. And um, I guess that was kind of sneaky. It was kind of clever. <laughs> smart. To yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, it was smart. And um, then when Oli started writing uh, Mirrors, um, I guess the first song was When Silence Breaks. Mm. And I remember when he brought that to our practicing room, um, he played it and I remember the cleans over the, the heavy jogging part. And I, I just thought, yeah, this is getting bigger, I guess. This is this is a huge song. I haven't heard it something like this before. So I mean, to me and from a small village from Switzerland, <laughs> obviously you haven't heard something like this. But <laughs> I just thought, uh, yeah, this is this is so cool. And then I guess Mir started, and somehow I got involved a little bit more. Um, still, the main writing of Mirrors is by Ollie, but we discussed like a lot of parts and, you know, you could change it here, make this ending like this. And um, I, I wrote like I started writing, you know, um, since I wasn't used to this kind of music and writing this kind of music. Um, I just had like uh, single parts and I headed them to Oliver and he included it to a song. But the main writing is still from Oliver. And um, yeah, Mirrors is a cool album, but you know, like every band probably when you played it so long, mm. um, you get fed up and um, yeah, you like the new stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I guess it's still uh, somehow a good album. I mean, that was also, you mentioned earlier, that was around the time you guys started to get outside of um, Switzerland yeah. and started to tour around Europe. And what was it like for you guys getting out there? Were, were you finding it easy to win over audiences? Because probably a lot of audiences didn't know who you were when you were playing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess the the, the kickoff of all the outside um, Switzerland shows. I mean, we did single shows or, you know, weekenders somewhere around Switzerland and like slightly into Germany, but not that far. But I guess it was when Impericon, um, mm -hmm. they asked the internet back then if, if we should be on their online shop. And I guess that was the starting point. I, I think they made something like if you put, yeah, you know, 100 likes under this post, um, we, we will get Breakdown of Santi into our shop. And it went so quick and they took us in, in, our, in their shop. And I guess that's where we got really into touch um, with the scene, you know, the German scene and also abroad. And it made somehow our name bigger. Mm. I guess. And also when they asked us to play, you know, the Impericon Festival, I guess it was the second edition back then in just Leipzig. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember Parkway Drive being the headliner and we being the opener mm -hmm. of that. But we were so nervous. It was huge for us, you know, play this big of venue and festival and with all the, you know, big bands of that scene. And I guess that was somehow the, the, the kickoff for, for what has had to come later then. 
Yeah, because it must have been around this time that you guys started to gain, um, you know, a cult-like following because, uh, you know, you yeah. guys are a band that you're independent, um, DIY, you're from Switzerland, but yet your fan base seems to be quite extensive. I mean, look at it. We're an Australian speaking to a guy from Switzerland. I mean, it just shows <laughs> yeah. the fan base That's clearly true. for the band is very extensive and wide-ranging. And do you think um, it that was just by chance or do you think that was, you know, down to the music and the way you marketed yourselves? Because there's something there that not a lot of bands could achieve that you guys have achieved. Yeah, definitely. And I still really don't know why this, this happened. I guess it was, uh, I guess somehow it was um, a mix of, you know, the right time and the right music and... Um, you know, Facebook started back then and we made a page and you, you know, get, get likes and, and all that stuff. And I guess it was like a mix of all that stuff, but mm -hmm. still also, I guess it was somehow the music, hopefully, um, yeah. that, um, was spoken around, but we were always like overwhelmed, um, like people from Indonesia or from the eastest part of russia um getting in touch with us and saying hey listen to you guys and it's crazy and we were like what how how did how did this happen we haven't even been there and their people started listening to us so i guess yeah we we kind of knew how to use the internet somehow but it wasn't planned at all like we, mm. we have to market it by our, our, ourselves sorry <laughs> yeah i think um, internet i think internet was a big player in it and you know you, yeah. you could you could see it because like you said you guys were smart with the myspace days and with putting it up on certain websites and an interesting one i remember before perception came out um you guys did the kanye west cover um stronger all oh, right yeah um <laughs> which i think some people might not have even heard but i remember you guys dropped it and I think you put it up line and you put it up with an MP3 or something like this, or the MP3 appeared somewhere. But I remember I so. hearing that and just going, oh, I mean, it was, it, it was like, this is just fuck it. I hated the song, but I loved your song. It was that. It was, <laughs> oh, thanks. Like, cause that's heavy. That's heavy as fuck. Like that cover, like the double kick in that, like, fuck man. Like, dude. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is. There's this one heavy song. Yeah. Did you intentionally do that cover or is that just something to tie over yourselves in between writing the next album? Um, actually, Ollie did it by himself together with Carlo. And I mean, <laughs> it was never uh, the intention to play that live. Also, he, he tuned down his guitar, you know, and by knowing... Yeah, we will probably never play that live, but it's just a fun thing to do. And I, I don't know if he just did it, I don't know, because he had too much time or something, but <laughs> I used to do these, uh, you know, um, metal a cappella cover mm -hmm. songs. Mm -hmm. When you take the, the, the main part, the vocal part of a pop song or something else, and you, you just put it into a metal song. And I started to do that early, even before Breakdown of Sanity, and yeah, I showed it to Ollie all the time, and it was just a fun thing to do. I still do. And um, I don't know if he came up with the idea because of that or because I don't know. I, I Really, I don't know why he started to, to do this song and especially that song. I mean, no one of us is, you know, a big fan of 
president Kanye, Kanye West. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. And, uh, Probably not even by the song, or maybe be, by the original song. But um, yeah, he just did it and put it out, and people kind of liked it. Yeah, love it's it. It's just fun thing. Oh, and, and it's it, it's just it it's so tongue in cheek, but it's heavy as shit. Like it's it's amazing. Um, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Thanks. Um, and then obviously the next step was perception, which I think this is the the album that made you guys really probably stand out to people that didn't already know you guys um this seemed to get a big wave of attention um i noticed your name pop around on a lot more shows um was this really the big pinnacle moment um when you look over all the moments in the band for the band um yeah concern uh, considering the, the the overall career career i guess this was the the peak of it all because um yeah i don't know we just i don't know how we did it <laughs> actually the the album perception it just somehow happened and i guess we we started um to you know um write more together ollie and i or even i remember he he, he said to me hey why don't you do like a whole song and not only parts like in mirrors and i was like yeah i can't do this come on and then the first song I wrote um, was The Gift. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, and then somehow I, I, I realized, yeah, maybe this this could work out. And then we also started to, you know, write together and sit together in front of the computer. And uh, we wrote Hero together and it just it just worked out really well. And we we just were on the same page and we we um, kind of really connected uh, uh, at that album um, and we knew what the other guy was thinking and um, yeah we just um, you know um, it was a good combination to have him and myself writing songs together but I mean as always we, we just did what we liked uh, and it was always like this and still to, the, to this day I mean we, we never thought that you know the direction of the band must be you know like this or this band should sound like this or we just wrote music and showed it to the other guys and when everyone was like yeah this is a cool song then we put it out so that's what we did and that's what we still do and we never had the intention of you know some, sounding like this or yeah it seemed to go down really well because i think the shows got bigger and did you notice that yeah. you know where wherever you were playing that there were more fans for you not not necessarily there just for the show they were there just for breakdown of sanity yeah we we realized that because we did um, a few tours when we were the opening band or a few festivals or like uh, local concerts when there was a tour coming in town and we were able to open for them. And we realized that there were always a lot of people already there waiting in front of the venue and wanting to get in to see the first band. And I mean, that's not a normal thing around here because somehow you go for the headliner or for the two bands, the headlining two bands, and you're at the bar for the rest of the evening. And we realized that there were a lot of people um, watching us playing in the first slot of the evening. 
Mm. And that was kind of weird and but also really cool. And when we started to do the progression tours by Impericon with uh, yeah, really big shots like August Burns Red and The Ghost Inside and stuff, and we were opening bands. Yeah, there were always like a lot of people from the beginning in front of the stage. And that was really, really cool. Yeah. And then you guys, you know, you got all this momentum and then you go into coexistence and that seemed to keep going. You guys seemed to keep moving forward. Um, and then it felt like out of nowhere, you guys go, okay, you know, it's been lovely. We're going to, you know, we're going to disappear. Um, so like, it's kind of like a two part question. Did coexistence go as you wanted? Because I, at first I interpreted your announcement um, of stepping away was that coexistence didn't do what you wanted it to do. And I was worried about that because yeah. I like, I really like that album. I thought it was great. And I was excited. I was excited for what was next. Um, but then it didn't ever feel like I was going to get it. So, you know, what happened with that time period for you guys? Um, well, first of all, thanks for liking our album. I mean, it really is not normal to us that someone um, appreciates what we do. But um, I guess it, it was definitely not because of, you know, numbers of coexistence or um, that it didn't go as well as, you know, perception did. Um, when we did uh, coexistence, we haven't started to talk about quit um, the band, you know. It was just, I guess it was um, the first really serious talk we had around um, when Perception came out because we realized it's, it's getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, since we were from Switzerland and we all have regular jobs and we did that, you know, to 100% of working and spending all our holiday days for touring. And, you know, we had for a few years, like no regular holiday by ourselves because we just took our day off for touring and for weekenders. And um, yeah, considering that, I guess um, we had the first serious talk about, yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> because um, we had to yeah, decide if we want to do it full time or we, um, continue the bands like we do, but then we would have to step back a little because, you know, you get older and you got more responsibilities in job or in private life. And, and, and it, it's not like you're 20 and like say, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> I guess it, it happens in our lives a little bit too late what happened mm. i mean when the 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 success of perception would be like three three or four years earlier i guess we would have dropped everything and went on tour but since you know we're from switzerland you um, everything is super expensive and you need a job and you need an apartment and we would have i guess we we had a too comfortable life would say um for or also to um, good jobs or, or like jobs we really liked um, to give it up just um, to play music and to to really have to play music. You know, when when you quit everything, you then you have to do shows, you have to tour, you have to pay your bills somehow. And for us, it was just cool to pick out the shows 
and do just what we like to do and we don't need to you know play in the small venue we all hate um, I guess it was it, 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 it was more decisions like this so we decided after perception to you know do it still part-time but we stepped back and we we won't do you know four weeks of holidays just for the bands or five weeks and we do like two weeks for the bands and the rest has to be weekenders mm-hmm. and that's what we decided as a band and that's when we also started to work with the management and the booking agency and um it it yeah it was cooler like this because we could pick out the cool shows and then i guess it was the logical path i guess after coexistence to um somehow quit yeah quit the band i mean to to stop playing live because um Somehow it was frustrating because we had so many cool offers, you know, for tours and festivals and we couldn't just play everything because we decided to um, only do two weeks, you know, per year of touring. And um, I guess for me, for myself, it was a little bit frustrating because yeah, Greece asked or uh, Australia even asked for doing a tour there and we just had to turn it down. Um, really, Australia, kind asked, of, Australia asked. Uh, yeah, um, we were asked by an Australian band. I don't remember the name. Fuck. Oh, that's pretty cool band, I say, uh, for like a three-week tour in Australia. It would it would have been the greatest thing it, ever. I mean, very costly. Mm. I guess, but you know, the cool thing was we we didn't need to pay um, bills by this money. Mm. Um, so the you know, we had jobs who were um, giving us the money to live mm-hmm. and the money we earned for the band, we could spend for the band. That's why we never had this pressure on touring. You know, we have to get money. We were like happy when we had a zero in the end of the tour because we didn't have to pay it by ourselves. It paid itself and we didn't earn money. That's fine because we do it for fun. And that was kind of cool too, you know. And um, yeah, I guess um, after Coexistence was released, um, we just had some talks or we started talking, you know, how, how long are we going to do this? And um, we're not the youngest anymore. And um, yeah, what are we heading to? And yeah, somehow I guess we were in Russia and um, yeah, we started really serious talking and that was the first time after coexistence, after the coexistence tour even, we started to talking about, um, yeah, laying our instruments to rest because also we kind of were empty, you know, um, music wise for getting new material. We kind of just, yeah, um, so yeah wouldn't have been easy to do like that that is you know quite you know it's one thing to make the commitment to be in a band full time but then it also has to take quite a moment of self-realization to put pause on it because technically it was a pause you know i went back and reread the statement that you guys released at the time in 2017 it literally says pause um, in there, it yeah. just says no live shows. That wouldn't have been yeah. easy to do to make that decision. 
it wasn't easy. It was definitely not easy since, um, like for myself, it was always the dream, you know, like what we did as a little kid, I always wanted to play shows, uh, somehow. And now we're doing this and it could probably get bigger. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the thing is, um, not everyone in the band was like, you know, so keen on touring and playing shows and recording and all that stuff. And yeah, we were talking about, you know, um, getting other band members, um, to replace them and we just thought we are such a good team and we're it's just so much fun together we don't want to do it because you, first of all you live in switzerland you have to find the musicians who are first of all able to play this stuff not that we are super technical but but um yes we're not a country with which has uh so many super talented musicians uh, laying around and doing nothing <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah you know and it it has to fit you know personally um to because you're on tour and you it's not a business to us it it, it is just for fun it's holiday um so we decided you know either we quit all or we go or we, we all go forward but we won't replace any member of the band. So then we had this serious talk and um, it kind of felt good to, to make this decision together and not like, yeah, I'm out, do whatever you want. But we said really, um, yeah, let's make somehow a pause or maybe um, yeah, quit live shows. And I guess not all the people got this post from 2017 that really said, yeah, we're actually good in this time period um but it doesn't say we will never do music again and that's why so many people were surprised when traces came out last yeah, week yeah it's it's you know <laughs> i reread the statement and when you read the statement it clearly says no live shows but it says in sometime in the in the future there will be new music um and you know obviously now we forward three years down the track and we get traces um so the first question is uh why now why why not wait a little bit longer um could you have released it a bit earlier like what was the timing for you guys <laughs> to suddenly release traces oh and by the way yes love it love it love it oh yes. thank you very much love thank it. you thank you um well it was um yeah, as you said, we, we, we basically said no live shows anymore. And we, for ourselves, we always thought like, you know, you never know what, what it will be in five years or 10 years or one year, even you just don't know. And when we like, you know, have a riff in mind or we want to share it, then sorry, we will do it. And in the beginning, I guess the first two years after coexistence, we really stopped playing music. I mean, sure, you pick up your guitar at home and play something, but but writing and that stuff really, really stopped somehow. I mean, sure, we ex exchanged, or Ollie and I exchanged a few stuff and, you know, a new guitar sound or something like this, but but it was really a stop and I think it was a necessary stop for us to, to refresh and to, you know, 
um, yeah, to see what's going to happen and to concentrate on your job for a while. And, um, and it was, um, I guess it was a year ago where actually we exported the first time traces. <laughs> so it took a year to record this thing and produce it and um, finish it. But the thing is, it was not like we were sitting a year behind the song, uh, concentrated and tried to really release it. It was just, it happened that it had been written. And like Carlo, the vocalist, said, um, I really like it. I could record something. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, free time. <laughs> and like, you know, two months later or three months, I sent him the file and then like another two months later, he started to, you know, writing something. It was just really relaxed. And um, I guess uh, we just took our time and we had no pressure and we will not have pressure for further releases. It's just when it happens, it happens when we all think oh, it's a cool song. We put it out. If, if not, then nothing is coming. So, I guess that's the cool position we are in now. Mm. And um, yeah, we just want to share. And if, if someone likes it, then that's cool to us. And it was always like this. I mean, yeah, we you write a song and someone else likes it. That's that's just something really cool. Even if it's just one person. Well, it's um, also, it's refreshing what you said in the stat, um on the um, Instagram and Facebook post. I thought what was really interesting and good is that you said that you know, like you said, when the when the influence and the, the want is there, there'll be another song and it could be at any different style, um, but then there'll be a song drop and it's not going to be completely focused on an EP or an album because an EP or an album yeah. might take three, five, ten years. This way, when we have a song ready, we'll drop the song. And I think that's great. I mean, it, it keeps the listeners and the fans happy, you know, instead of giving them yeah. five songs and then going, that's it for five years, guys. We'll, we'll see you later. Yeah, You're going to drop yeah, yeah. a song every exactly. now and then. It's, it's exactly what needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I guess it's what uh, a lot of bands or, or artists are doing nowadays, just release it when it's ready to. I mean, I still, I still like when, when you know, you drop one single and then you know, in one month the album is dropping and then you can listen to a whole album. I mean, I by myself, I like that too. But just for us, I thought it's the right way to do it because when you, when you say people, hey, EP is coming up or album is coming up, then everyone's like, ooh, how many songs, ooh, and. Every song has to be good, you know, how do you arrange the song on the album and all that stuff. And I guess it's just one song, here it is, enjoy it or not. And mm. yeah, we enjoy it, so hopefully you too. And that's, yeah, the idea behind it. And what was it, what's the reaction been like? I mean, technically it's only been out a week, I know, but I mean, um, I loved I loved how when we were talking... Um, before you guys had even put up the teaser, you just said, oh, by the way, there's something happening on this date. And then the date yeah, came yeah, around yeah. and it was like, oh, okay, yeah, now I see what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, actually, what, what what did you think is coming when we said... I, di I, <clears throat> I didn't know. I thought there'd be a song, but I didn't know what it... Yeah. I thought there might be an announcement around that song, which there was. But to be honest, I wasn't sure. Like, I really was like... 
Okay, there'll be a new song at least. And I got a new song, so I was stoked yeah. because, you know, I still have MP3s on my computer. So I have all the reworkings and the singles and Stronger and all of that. So as soon as it came yeah. out, I downloaded it, put it on my iTunes. So I've got it. So I'm, I'm stoked. Like, I'm ecstatic. And I love that you teased Thanks. me. You teased me before Breakdown of Sanity teased anyone. And you had me wondering what yeah, was going yeah. on. Like, Loved yeah, it. it was it was it was a funny coincidence that we were writing um, about this podcast, and I I knew, fuck. Well, also, two weeks before, I I thought about shit. What what I'm going to write because um, probably it would be better if we do it after Trace's release. <laughs> but I can't tell you. You know, there's a song coming up. Let's talk later. So <laughs> I had to make up something to to get some time and. Uh, that it's released after uh, before we we are talking here, so uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, the the reaction to uh, I guess that was your earlier mm. question. Mm. Um, the rea reaction to it was pretty great overall, mm. I guess. Um, like I'm not like reading every single post, not anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, it's not healthy. <laughs> no. But um, what I saw is really really cool. Mm. Um, I guess the, the negative ones are the ones that stick to you uh, when you read it, um, even though the, it's a few negative ones and a lot of positive ones. But um, I mean, there's always negative ones. And mm. even as a band, when you, when you um, release album after album or just song after song and you, you kind of progress and you, you know, you, you, get further in your writing or you change somehow your style. Um, I mean, there's always the haters and the ones that don't like it. And they, they mm. say like, you know, mirrors was way cooler. And um, I, I was just waiting for the breakdown, you know, um, there's always voices like this, but you know, it, it's fine. I mean, um, everyone listens to what he likes. And, and I think also when, when you know, when, bands change their style somehow or just progress and having new elements in it I, I just think it's it's fair because somehow they do what they want to do and I mean that's the cool thing about this whole you know metal scene that most of it I would say is stuff that the band really wants to do and not like you know what needs to be on the radio and that makes it more honest and um, that's why even though maybe there's a band that put out a new record and I don't like it because it changed, uh, I think that's fair and um, it's a good thing f to me, to me at least. Well, I think, that it, you know, that whole, you know, negative comment thing, uh, I always think of two things. One, that person has gone out of their way to listen to that music first. So they've given you the time yeah. to listen to it. So, I mean, no matter what, that's a win. They've taken their time out because that means yeah. they care, I guess. Um, and number yeah. two, um, I guess really unfortunately for them, their life is so boring that they have to take time out <laughs> of their day to give you negativity because somehow they think that makes them feel better. Somehow they are, they're on top of the soapbox yeah. now. Um, and it is, as every listener knows, I always say, it is challenging for a band because you are doing the music for yourself. You're not, especially a band like yourselves, you're not catering, as you said, to a trend. You're not catering to what people want. You do what you want. And people love it or people yeah. hate it. 
but I think people need to respect that this is your music. Exactly. Yeah. Really well said. Mm. Um, I couldn't say it better. <laughs> My sloppy English. I don't know. No, um, that's that's you're, you're really right. And I mean, I, every band has to deal with that if they re- release more than one record. And um, yeah, you're right. I guess um, you know the internet is a really strange place, or at least in the last few years where everyone is you know commenting and hating around and yeah somehow it, it it's good you know you can have your opinion and as long as it's you know fair somehow i mean if you say it's crap then it's somehow not fair and if you say i really don't like it i think it's shit then it's fair somehow because it's it's your opinion that you can have it and and that and that's fair so I guess as long as it's uh, on a on a you know um, human <laughs> level, I would say um, it's totally fair to 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 not like something or to say um, I think it's crap. Mm. But it to myself, right? Well, um, I mean, it's, so I guess, it's, yeah. it's the f- classic phrase: "It's not what you say; it's how you say it." Um, so everyone yep, listening, exactly. before you say something negative about anything. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. So, you know, I think you said it perfectly as well there. It's just how you phrase it. You know, you you have your opinion, but you don't have to be uh, flinging it in a hateful way. Um, Just say it politely or don't say anything at all. Um, You know, just... Exactly. And you need to accept that there's other opinions Mm. too, so... Well, for anyone, any of the haters listening, um, Trace's bangs. I love it. I love it. Um, (laughs) So... Thank you, Matt. I want to ask, you know, you, you're saying how you, no time frame, but getting this out and seeing the reaction and feeling the energy of putting together a song again, um, are we going to, is it going to be another year before another song or, I mean, how do you think the juices are going to go now? Do you think it might be two years before another song? Like what, what do you think creative way, creatively, do you think the timeline might be? Do you might think it might change? Might stick the same? Oh, I oh, that's hard to answer. Um, I guess it's a it will change. I, I would say mm. maybe maybe it's one year or something like this around ish somehow. But you know we we are still writing, Ollie and I, and we're exchanging all the time. We try out new, new, you know, guitar tones or drum tones or whatever. Um, but when it's finished, I just can't say it because, you know, um, we record when we're feeling like to, mm-hmm. uh, and not like, oh yeah, we have this song, we have to finish it. It's just, um, yeah, today weather is bad. I'm in the mood, <laughs> I will record something. And now it's like, yeah, we said one year, so fuck, I have two more weeks and we have to finish it. So it will not be like this at all. We just do whatever is fine to us, I guess. What about... I um, really can't say. No, I mean, that answered it perfectly. But, you know, you've said you're not going to play live shows. Um, it, let's say yeah. in, in four years... You would you guys take you know if Empiricon came back and said yeah you guys want to do some reunion shows would you guys do that kind of thing or is just live shows completely removed from a possibility? 
Oh, that's hard to answer as well. I guess, um, yeah, as I said, you never know what it is in five years or so. You don't know what's ahead of you. And um, I guess for now, really, live shows are not an option. Hmm. And uh, as sad as it sounds, but also maybe if we would ever do live shows again, it wouldn't probably be the same constellation of the members. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, that's what I say now. Maybe all the band members think about that different. I mean, some, some of us have family or uh, more responsibilities in the job or um, some of us, they are their own boss now. So um, there's other uh, perspectives ahead. And um, yeah, you know, but still, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, and I guess that's fair too. I mean, I'm not a big fan of, you know, reunion shows and then you do it one year and then you quit again because you remember why you quit in the first place, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's always like this. You remember the cool stuff or you laugh about the, the bad stuff that happened to you and and that's just normal. But, but yeah, I guess it's, not going to happen but you know you never know hey you know it's one of those questions that you know just for my own shits and giggles i had to ask i had to ask i had to ask um, <laughs> yeah, i thought i thought that'd that's be, fair. i thought that'd be <laughs> the answer i'd get um now uh christoph we're going to finish how <clears throat> every conversation finishes you know i've had nearly 140 guests and yeah. uh, for 140 guests we all get the same finish, and it's called pick your poison. Right. Okay, now. Okay. What happens is I'm going to find out what makes you tick. I'm going to give you two options, and you pick your favorite yeah. of the two. Now. Oh God. You don't need to justify your answer, but you are welcome to justify your answer. Or I get justified, probably, from outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, probably a bit of both. Yeah, yeah probably a bit of both. Yeah. Um, All right, that's good. Okay. Now, some are going to be easy, some are going to be hard. Would you go okay. a pizza or a burger? Pizza. Okay. Yeah, definitely pizza. Um, smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Um, I'm from Switzerland and uh, peanut butter is just not that big here. And actually, I don't like it. Hey, I mean, there is peanut butter here, but um, actually, um, yeah, it's more, you know, you, you know it from American movies. Mm-hmm. And um, I recently bought a jar of peanut butter and I have to say, I don't really like it. So no peanut butter at all, just <laughs> regular Regular butter. I guess. What do you? What do you? What do you? If you make a piece of toast, apart from butter on it, what do you put on your piece of toast then? Um, like uh, jam. Yeah. Is it okay. jam? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or honey. Mm, honey. Nice. I'm a okay. big fan of honey. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Um, ribs or brisket? Uh, brisket. Okay. Yeah. Rips is also, I mean, it's not that common. I mean, sure, there are restaurants serve rips, but it's not like American barbecue. There no. has to be no. rips on it. So, brisket, yeah. Uh, chicken or beef? Huh. I like a good 
good piece of beef, but probably chicken more. Probably go with chicken. Yeah. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. But you're since drink- I but you're drinking a cup of tea, huh? yeah. It's actually a tea. Yeah, sorry. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. I reduced my amount of coffee I'm drinking. So um, I'm working in an office and I used to drink really, 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 really a lot of coffee. <laughs> um, but I try to reduce it over the last year. And so now I'm on one or two coffee per day. Um, so, But still, I kind of like coffee more. Do you feel better for cutting down on how much you drink? Um, somehow, I guess. Yeah. Or it's just it it just got more kind of a ritual, you know, mm. in the morning mm. get your coffee and then somehow you leave it there. If I want coffee. <laughs> um, a beer or a whiskey? Oh. Neither. I'm not that big a beer fan. I like beer, but not too much. Mm -hmm. And whiskey is over since I had too much once, you know. So I would say vodka. (laughs) That's like you know my drink. Okay. Um, Okay. So none of it. Yeah. Um, Would you rather have a meal at home or a meal at a restaurant? At home. Okay. It's just more comfortable, and you know. Um, I like good restaurants too because they serve better food than I can make. <laughs> but um, like in these times, especially you know, with all the COVID shit, mm. um, definitely at home. Um, yeah. New movie comes out. Do you want to watch it on the couch or watch it at the cinema? I'd like to watch it in cinema, but mostly. Um, I'm like, yeah, I have to see it in cinema. And then somehow, whoa, it stopped being in cinemas. And so I have to wait until it's, it's out for watching it at home. So yeah. um, cinema is definitely cooler, but mostly um, I just miss it. <laughs> yeah. Look, at the, my wife and I are the same. It's like, oh, we really like that movie. Yeah, just watch it on the couch. Yeah, never, never see it in yeah. cinema. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Um, now, the next one... Yeah, you know, we were talking before about the weather there, so I think this one's going to be an obvious one. Would you rather spend a day at the beach or spend a day at the snow? It should be obvious, right? No. Um, actually, since um, we have enough snow around here um, in Switzerland, oh, basically um, everyone is probably thinking about Switzerland. You know, everything is white and just shit tons of mountains. It's not like this. Mm. Um, but um, since I grew up in snow, I would say beach. Okay. Because Just because um, it's a rare thing and we don't have that good access to the, you know, sea mm. um, as a country. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you are, um, so you are kind definitely. of, you are kind of technically surrounded by everyone else. So it's not, yeah, not ideal for beaches. I, yeah, I guess we're working on that to, you know, <laughs> conquer some countries around, but I guess it's not happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say beach um, okay. just because it's rare. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone now at home is looking at their world, their atlas going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, are you a cat or a dog man? 
I like both, but probably more dogs. Hey, okay. Because they're not like, you know, give me food, you piece of shit. They're, <laughs> they're like, yeah, come, let's play outside. And cats are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you haven't met, we've got three dogs. You haven't met one of mine. Our dog always says, give me food. Really? Like it always says, give me food. Our dog. Just, <laughs> really? Yeah, never ending. It, it cries. Oh, okay. It cries when it's not getting fed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I cry too. I mean, um, <laughs> but but you know, there's still more reaction um, to get by a dog than by a cat, I guess. Yes. And every cat owner is probably say, "Yeah, shut up." It's not true, but um, I would say that. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay, a couple of movie ones: Terminator mm-hmm. or Predator. Oh. Terminator. Terminator. Okay. Nice. Um, Rambo or Rocky? Uh, I guess Rocky because I like more to have, you know, content in the movie. <laughs> um, like a real a real story somehow, even though Rocky is not like, you know, a big story, but but uh, still more than Rambo. <laughs> um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, definitely. South Park or Simpsons? Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm into Family Guy. Uh, no, I would say Simpsons since uh, I knew Simpsons longer than South Park. And... Um, I guess South Park to me was never that big a deal like Simpson was, but still nowadays I would, I, I like just family guy more. What about family guy or American dad? Oh, family guy. Have you, but, you know, speaking season five, family guy, season oh, five yeah. and, and later. So have you ever watched family guy? Yeah. Have you ever watched any of that American dad? Um, I have a, few episodes but i didn't really get into uh really much how about you no it felt like it was trying too hard to achieve what family guy had even though it's by the same people that whole alien and everything was like okay we're we're stretching too much here like yeah mm, yeah uh, there there are some cool aspects about it but mm. overall it was just not that fun no, next time I have an American on the show, I need to ask him if they actually like that show because I don't know. It takes the piss oh, really? out of them. Yeah, never asked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, a couple of music <laughs> ones. Um, Slayer yeah. or Pantera? Yeah, people are going to hate me. None of them. That's the thing. Since, yeah, remember, I grew up on the countryside. And mm. when I say countryside, I say really countryside, you know. Where I grew up, it looks like the Shire from Lord of the Rings. Um, really, it could be there with, you know, not that round houses, but um, <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't have access. And I guess if I would have access or someone showed me, you know, Slayer or Pantera, it would probably have been Pantera, mm-hmm. I guess. But it was Metallica, so mm-hmm. I have to disappoint you <laughs> no no not at all um okay the next one i think you mentioned before your answer but we'll ask it anyway corn or limp biscuit oh that's mean that is so mean shit 
Uh, I think we found your breaking point. Yeah, that is it. Mm -hmm. That's definitely it. I would, oh, if you would put a gun on my head, I would say corn. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I would, I would probably say corn. There's just more of a seriousness and, um, Emo, you know, deepness in, into their music than Limp Bizkit, but Pa, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. What about In Flames or Soil Work? Oh, man. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, you know, I had my um, time when I was, um, you know, into Swedish and mm. uh, Northern uh, metal bands. But probably in flames. I was longer into in flames. I guess now it would be soil work since you know I enjoy one good blast in a song mm. sometimes, and I listen to you know the blast beat songs from soil work a lot. So now it would be soil work, but overall in flames. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, we've got a couple left. Um, you're playing a mm -hmm. show, or back when you were playing a show. Uh, do you prefer yep. stage dives happening or mic grabs happening? Stage dives. Um, as long as they respect, you know, the pedal area in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Since I hated it so much when people come, came on stage and, you know, just ran over your pedal and suddenly you're playing clean tones where <laughs> you shouldn't play clean tones. And or you mute your guitar um, when you're trying to play a solo and um i just thought it, it, it's so disrespectful but um stage dive is definitely more fun overall um yeah. you're gonna go to a show are you gonna watch it from the pit or up by the sound desk oh sound desk yeah. sound desk guy yeah. um at my age yeah. <laughs> you know it sounds perfect um, it sounds great yeah, yeah definitely and that's that's mostly what i'm looking for mm. you know the good mm. sound and i want to enjoy music more than um get out my aggressions or just my energy um but i used to be the kids at metallica shows really in front um front row and uh banging my head and stay uh you know crowd surfing and <laughs> all that shit. but uh yeah nowadays definitely um sound desk yeah, and I prefer not to be getting bumped up against by dudes who are sweaty and not wearing T-shirts, which is, I don't understand it, but every <laughs> every dude that gets into a mosh pit suddenly loses his fucking T-shirt and he's covered in sweat. <laughs> and that person that's yeah. also deciding to constantly bump against me, so I'm covered in his yep. sweat. Yeah, yeah definitely. No, nah, I'm too old for that. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, and he's also it's also the guy who loses his shoe. And uh, <laughs> and someone in the crowd is like, Oh, lost his shoe. <laughs> yeah. And he's 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 very and drunk he, as well. That guy's very drunk yeah, as well. Yeah. Mm. He don't notice that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, now the next one you need one to go with the other, but you guys don't do one right. of them anymore, but let, let, we'll ask it anyway because everyone gets it. Would you rather All tour right. for the rest of your life or record music for the rest of your life? That's an obvious one, isn't it? Uh, um, yeah, it should be, right? Um, <laughs> no, I, you know, since, since we 
didn't tour that much as a band, like, you know, compared to, uh, yeah, let's say American bands, um, like doing warp tour and all that stuff and touring all the year. Um, since we didn't do that that much, I really enjoyed tour touring and I never got fed up. So I would really enjoy touring since we all had a good time. But um, concerning my back issues, um, I would say I'm the guy in front of the computer recording. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all, man. Um, okay, last one. Your all-time favorite album. I'm giving it to you. But uh, how I give it to you is how you have to listen to it. So would you like it on CD? Uh, would you like it on vinyl? Or would you like it on your phone? Huh. Uh, nowadays, since I don't have a CD player anymore, it would be on my phone, mm -hmm. or let's say as an MP3, mm -hmm. not especially on my phone, but uh, as an MP3 or a wave or whatever. But um, I'm more the CD guy since I grew up with CDs. Mm. Um, I'm not that into, you know, um, vinyl um get uh, new albums on vinyls, but I also enjoy the vinyls of my dad. Um, but I would say, yeah, I have to say uh, MP3 hmm. or Wave or just digitally because I'm lazy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is easier. I mean, it is way easier. It's way easier um, nowadays yeah, you have another yeah, new phone. Um, well, first thing, um, thank you uh, for giving up your time um i need to say that i appreciate everything that we got to talk about i don't feel like we hit all the marks i think there's definitely a part two down the track um oh yeah definitely um, <laughs> i guess i missed half of it no no um, no, not at, not at all uh, i mean as in like the amount of content that we can still talk about i think there's plenty there um so i'll definitely yeah, yeah. definitely hit you up for a part two but uh, yeah dude, sure Dude, I very relaxed. Um, it li it literally was just a chit chat. Um, your yeah. English, hey, it was it was good. It was good. I liked it. Um, easy. Yeah, hey, teacher, did you hear that? Did you hear that? What the <laughs> the Australian guy said? <laughs> no, I I I thank thank you very much for you know supporting our little project. Breakdown of Sanity and um, listening to it and, you know, talking um, about it since I saw what kind of calibers you had on your show. Um, so, uh, yeah, really appreciate it. And, yeah, somehow honored to talk to you. No, no, no. The honor the honor's all mine, brother. Honor, honor's all mine. Thanks, um, man. Um, uh, I will definitely be staying in touch. Um, sure, yeah. But um, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, much love, much respect, and really appreciate you. Um, don't, yeah, thanks to you. Don't be a stranger. I'll stay in touch, and we're doing a part two, brother. Yeah. We're doing a part two. We're doing a part two. Definitely, I would would be would be glad to do that. So um, stay safe, and um, you too. Hope you're doing well, and uh, yeah, have a nice spring and summer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Since here's winter is coming. <laughs> yes, enjoy the winter. Um, but yeah, I'll be in touch. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. All right, you yeah, take care, all right? Hey, bye, take care, and all the best, man. All right, later, brother. See ya.
So that was my chat with Christoph of Breakdown of Sanity. At the end there, you heard the band's most recent single titled Traces. Then you heard the tracks The Gift and The Writer. Both of those songs are from the band's album Perception. And the final track you heard was the Kanye West cover they did titled Stronger. Now's the part of the show where I spark that thing inside you too support the band that's been on the show so if you enjoyed the music or you enjoyed the conversation now's your chance get online get moshing get into this music download it stream it if you're into purchasing get online find yourself a vinyl or a cd and lastly if you're into merch get online find yourself a hoodie a shirt or some mosh shorts whatever you got to do support christoph and breakdown of sanity Now, before I forget, I need to thank Christoph again. You're a fucking legend, dude. Thank you so very, very, very much for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Look forward to doing another one later down the track. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone, episode 138, done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.